broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Welcome in, welcome back. Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Appreciate the time that Aaron Wilson gave us in the last hour. About 25 minutes. Great stuff, spitting hot fire. And not in a disrespectful way, just reporting on what he's been hearing, what he's been told. A lot of good details about the Raiders, where they are sitting at 0-3. Talked about the player-only meeting that they had uh, following the Titans' loss. Lots of good stuff. At some point, I'm going to run that interview back. I don't know when I'm going to run that thing back, but please believe going to run that back. That was a really good uh, good talk and conversation with Aaron Wilson from Pro Football Network, and uh, we're definitely going to have him on as a guest again a little bit later on in the future. He'll be here in Las Vegas uh, right after the bye week when the Texans take on the Raiders. That'll be, what, week seven of the upcoming NFL – or the not upcoming, but the current NFL season. Want to give a big shout-out to our guy Drew. Drew got uh, in to win the Ultimate Raider hookup, the tickets for this weekend's game, tickets to the field pass, and also uh, in to win the Autograph Raider jersey. So shout-out to my man, Drew. Let's go out to the phone lines. We do have some locker room sound that we're going to get to. Mac Hollins in the locker room. But before we do that, a very patient Mike in Vegas. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind, brother? Uh, that was a great interview, rather long. But uh, <laughs> but here's a, here's a couple factors of about the Raiders. They should have played their first string during the preseason. The secondary and the offensive line aren't the best. The team lacks the killer instinct in the first three games. And from an objective standpoint, in all fairness, I expect the Raiders to go 7-10 and 10 and not make the playoffs. They got such a hole to climb out of, and hopefully by next season they'll, they'll take care of their offensive line problems. But uh, being 0-3 is just too big of a hill to climb. I think they'll go 7-10 and 10 or 9-8 and eight at the best. The team just doesn't have enough talent and wherewithal to make up for their, their slump. I just, I'm just being as objective as I can. Yeah, no, and, and before you hang up, Mike, thank you for the call. Before you hang up, do you think that that might have been the approach to the season, like see what we have and then go and dress and fill our holes afterwards? Yes, uh, especially after the 0-3 start. It, it's going to be hard to uh, climb out of this mess with the offensive line not being uh, the best and so forth. And some games, Derry Carr is indecisive in his reads and getting the ball out to his receivers as quickly as possible. I mean, naturally, I would love for the Raiders to be successful because the Super Bowl is going to be in Las Vegas in 2024, but yep. we got to take care of the 2022-23 season. Right, no doubt about it. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. Let's hear from you again. That was good stuff. And, uh, yeah, uh, that, that you know very well could be the situation as they're sitting there at 0-3 right now. It could be one of those, hey, we're going to do the very best we can. It could be. I'm not saying it is. It could be. We're going to do the very best we can. We're going to see what this team looks like, what this squad looks like, and then fill every hole that we have remaining following the season and, and be ready to go. Uh, I don't like to say that as there's only been three games played in a 17-game season, but that very well could end up being 
what it is. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of football left to be played, so we'll find out sooner rather than later. Had a couple texts here that I want to get to, and then we'll get to Mac Hollins. Uh, got one from the 707. If the Raiders hadn't, or, uh, uh, if the Raiders hadn't have traded for Devontae, the expectations for immediate success wouldn't be as high, and that might be kind of unfair or unrealistic. And uh, thank you for the text. I agree. You know, because I remember talking about, you know, the pipe dream that was training for Devontae Adams. I remember saying, like, man, that'd be giving Derek Carr the best weapon that he's had since, uh, since he's been in the league. And then I remember Aaron Rodgers saying that he was returning to Green Bay, and I thought that that was over. There's no chance. Even after Devontae bought a house here, I still didn't think that there was a chance until there was. Until the Raiders went out and made that move. I remember I was recording a podcast when the, the news broke that they had made the trade for Devontae Adams. And then all of a sudden, all bets were off. And that, from me, from my point of view. Not, not. I can't speak for anyone else, but from my point of view, I thought, okay, these guys want to win, and they want to win right now. I've said it multiple times that you don't go trade for Devontae Adams. You don't go give money to Chandler Jones. You don't go uh, uh, extend Derek Carr, extend Hunter Renfro, eventually extend Darren Waller uh, for a rebuild. And there's no way that I believe that there's any kind of rebuild in anyone's conversation, but... You know, it did make the expectations, at least in my eyes, as soon as they made that trade for 17, it made my expectations like sky high. Okay, these dudes are going to go for the gusto. They believe that their time is right now. And then we all saw the structures of the contract. We saw how long they have with these deals and these players and how they can get out of it in a certain amount of time. We saw that with Devontae. We saw that with Derek. We saw that with uh, Hunter. We've seen that with Darren Waller. Of course, they went and extended Max Crosby as well, as he's still a guy on the rise. I mean, there's a lot of uh, extensions and a lot of guys that they put in place and a lot of money that they put in place for certain guys feeling like, okay, these are going to be the dudes we're going to lean on moving forward. That offensive line has got to be corrected. It has got to come together. This rotation thing, I literally had one person, only one person that I know of, that actually called me on my podcast voicemail line and was like, I think this is going to be a, a good idea. I think the rotation is great. It'll be fresh offensive linemen. And I, was, I remember saying it in the summer. I was like, there's no chance that that's a good idea. That's the one position that that's not a good idea. I know it worked for the defensive line. I get it. It's not a good idea for the offensive line, and it's still not a good idea. It just isn't. So uh, they've got to figure that out. They've got to have five dudes. And until that happens, until, you know, a couple other areas are solidified, until a guy like Denzel Perriman comes back, who, by the way, he's in the final year of his deal, you know, do they bring him back or do they feel like a guy like Luke Masterson and Darian Butler can eventually uh, fill that void? I mean, you know, it's like you got to look at a lot of the, the immediate moves that they've made and also see what the impact is for years to come. You know, hey, how can this affect them next year? How can this move for Masterson, for Webb, for Butler, all undrafted free agents that have made the roster? How does this affect the team moving forward? So that's something to think about. So definitely appreciate that text. Also got a text from the 925 talking about Aaron Wilson. Can he be on weekly? Very honest, no bias. They appreciated that. Another text from the 925. Problem is the AFC is stacked with quarterbacks. That's another good point. And then... The problem is that good offensive linemen don't grow on trees. This is from the 707. That's why a lot of teams are drafting mobile quarterbacks because they're easier to find than good offensive linemen. Also something to think about. And, you know, I'm not the guy that's saying throw Derek Carr out and get rid of him right now. I know there's some people that are saying that. I'm not the guy. But I've said going back a couple years, and then I'm not bringing this up because he's successful right now, but going back a couple seasons ago when Jalen Hurts was in the draft, I said I thought that the Raiders should go and make a move for him, you know, because I thought that he's a guy that can sit behind Carr and learn, and by the time they're ready to move on from Carr, and at some point they will, whether it's you know at the end of this year, 
three years, five years, whatever. At some point, I mean, every quarterback runs his course at some point, unless you're Tom Brady, which, you know, seems like the Energizer Bunny, just the gift that keeps on giving, I guess. But outside of him, for the most part, every guy runs his course and, and, and you know, moves are made. You know, even as great as Cam Newton was in Carolina, I mean, you see they eventually, you know, moved on from him. So I always thought that a guy – in Jalen Hurts should be a guy that they drafted and sat behind Carr, and I think that they had a lot of interest, but obviously Philly made the move first. I would have no problem, and Josh McDaniel said so. Hey, you know, we're going to always consistently address the quarterback position and have a guy developing and, and building. I would have no problem if they went into the draft, and I don't know at what area of the draft they would address this, but go out and make a move for a guy and let him sit behind Carr until they felt comfortable and say, okay, this is the next you know, step that we're going to take. And I, I don't think that that's unfair. I don't think that that's being disrespectful to Derek Carr. I think that's just the NFL. It's a business. And at some point, if you don't have the next guy, then you're, you, you're up a creek without a paddle, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, real quick, let's go ahead and uh, go to the Raiders locker room real quick. We've got a very busy day here on the show, and I'm excited about that. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor did a fantastic job. Clay Baker also there uh, at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. They're uh, getting a lot of uh, sound from different players. I know Josh uh, – not Josh McDaniels. He talked to us earlier. But uh, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr – Talked to the media, but he they were outside, and so we'll, we'll, we might get to those guys. I'm not really a big fan when they have the podium outside. It's hard to hear the questions, but Vinny was in the locker room. Clay was in the locker room. Ed Graney from our sister station ESPN Las Vegas was in the locker room, and many others. Here's that conversation with Mac Hollins. What I did, I mean, outside of you know, being something illegal, but no matter what I did, it was be the best at it, whether I was scrubbing floors, playing football, doing banking, whatever it was, be the best I could be at. Um, that was always the, the standard for my brothers. We, we didn't get to talk yet. I, mean, I know you, you had the career, but you wanted to win more. But can you talk about your performance? Because it was a career day. I'm sure you wanted to win more. Yeah, I mean, in my mind, I think if I could have made more plays, maybe we would have won. Uh, I think the play that I had on the left side that I caught, uh, the whole shot from Derek, I went down the sideline. I think if I would have cut back there with Keelan coming behind me to make that block and scored, maybe we would have scored earlier and maybe we had more time because we ended that drive in a field goal and maybe if we would have scored, it would have changed things. Um, so, you you know, when I look back at things, it, it wasn't bad. Like I've always said to you guys, a win's more important to me than any type of day if it's career. Matt, what stands out to you in film when you look at Denver um, Another great team that we're going up against. Uh, you know, and... It, and Similar to us, a record doesn't mean what a team is. Uh, they're a great team. They have great players on both sides of the ball and in the kicking game. So, you know, obviously it's early and we still have more tape to watch and I have more tape to watch. Um, but they're, uh, they're a good team and we have to be prepared to, to make things sense. Did you know the rule um, on that special teams play? And all the rules. Because right. <laughs> it, it looked like you kind of purposely spread your arms. Yeah. Even, just when they, even when they don't know them, I know them. <laughs> um, no, that was a... Uh, Something that I honestly only knew because I play on the offensive side of the ball. I know that when we get tackled, if a shin touches the ground, you're down. If an elbow touches the ground, you're down. Uh, so when I really I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have dove back in anyway. Uh, at the end of the day, it's it's kind of too close to call. Um, so when I was able to put my elbows down, really when I was in there, I was like I shouldn't have done this anyway. Uh, and we were fortunate enough that we had time to challenge it and all that stuff. So it's not something I would do again. Um, it's just let my teammates just get it. It makes it an easier play. Is, do, um, do you take any more pride in anything particular part of the game, or is it just whatever you're lined up to do that particular play? Um, I think I take pride in everything the same, but 
the King game is always something that I hold a little dear to my heart just because that's what has gotten me to this point. Um, and you get one opportunity in the kicking game. It's like, give me everything you have. And it's easy to expose somebody in the kicking game. A guy that doesn't want to be there, a guy that doesn't want to work. I can turn on the tape and watch for 30 seconds and know which guys have no business in, it, in this game against me or any of my teammates because they don't want to be here. And we'll expose you on Sunday. Are you a ramen lover? Oh, jeez. Never forget where you came from. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, never, never forget where you came from. Yeah, Chicken's I love it. It's the best flavor, right? It's the only flavor. Uh, yeah, I'm a big ramen guy. Do you throw anything else in it? No, nah, just the just the powder. Crush it up, two packs. Um, I'm a I'm a big broth guy, so I'll have like a little more liquid. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. a little bit of green onions. Yeah, maybe not the best thing for me, but it keeps it keeps you. I think you're right. Everything else is right. Yeah, carbs are good. Raw conditioning you do. I eat this, and I've been doing like a little like the carnivore stuff. <laughs> like I'll just cook a steak, forty seconds on each side, <laughs> put honey on it, and eat it. Um, <laughs> And that's been pretty good, actually. I don't know the last time. Realistically, I don't know the last time I had vegetables. I can't. Uh, not this. If kids or parents are listening, don't. Yeah. Hey, cover your ears. Josh said that uh, he said, you know, if if, he, if you had it your way, you'd be on kickoffs, running down, tackling, returning, and then you'd play every offensive set if you could. Yeah, yeah. He has to. He just has to kind of keep me from hurting myself, I guess. Um, I just love love the game, and I think a, a lot of. The guys on this team are the same way. Like you just, you want to be on the field. Like nobody, want, nobody goes to Sunday is like, oh, I can't wait to stand on the sideline and cheer everybody on. Like you want to be out there. If, you, if everybody had infinite motor, they would say I'll go every time. Um, I just happen to have a little more motor than a lot of people. Um, but it's probably best that I don't do it all. So, a guy like please? Derek, a guy like Derek comes home from from a road trip and sees his his, his wife, his kids. You come home and you got your snakes and your your fish and. You talk to your yeah no nah, all the fa- all, so my fam's over in Florida so uh, they're uh, I don't I, hopefully they'll be they'll be out here soon they'll they come out to a certain day like every every few weeks they'll come out um, and I get to see them but yeah when I go home I go and I walk in I got a room where I have recovery boots and a foam roller and a red light and I sit in there for thirty minutes and. I eat my raw steak and I go to bed. <laughs> Please tell us that you don't jog to work, Josh McDaniel. Gonna have to drop that out right there. I don't know how much was left of that, uh, of that, Demon. As as you're in the home studio, or the house, or the uh, Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, what was left of that? Hold on, hold on. How are you gonna leave me hanging? But you know what? I was like, no, no. They turned the music off, so I was still listening. I was like, oh no, no, no. So someone must have told whoever turned on the DMX, like, hey man, yeah. You know, but then is, but then whoever was told to turn down their music was got was offended okay. that they had to turn off the music. So, uh, yeah. So we're just going to kill it? Yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. <laughs> I recognized that DMX song, and I thought, oh, man. Me too. <laughs> that might not end well. So there you go. Hey, sometimes in the locker room, you don't know how it's going to go down. Normally, they don't have the music up that loud. But uh, that, obviously, that must have been someone's locker right next to where uh, Matt Collins is. And Matt Collins' locker is right next to Devontae Adams, which is right next to Derek Carr. So that's kind of interesting. But okay, so. There was a verbal, like, could have been heard. What you mean, turn it down? Uh, was that Denzel Perriman? I don't know. <laughs> I imagine either Jerron Harmon singing Casey and JoJo, as you heard him in the background, either him singing Casey and JoJo or Denzel Perriman, who did return to practice today. So that's always a positive. Uh, let's go over the injury report real quick, and then we'll take a break. Uh, many thanks to Vinny for sending that over, and thank you to Vinny for not sending over a heads up. This may be in the recording as well. <laughs> 
Oh, Vinny. All right. Uh, for the Raiders, practicing, who did not practice today, Hunter Renfro dealing with the concussion. He didn't participate. Nate Hobbs dealing with the concussion, did not participate. Uh, and then this is something that I didn't uh, expect to see. Tight end Foster Moreau or Morrow, he's dealing with a knee injury. He did not participate as well. Uh, guys that were limited today, quarterback Rocky Asin dealing with the knee injury. Linebacker Denzel Perriman dealing with the ankle injury. He was limited. Defensive tackle Bilal Nichols, shoulder injury. He was limited. Safety Trayvon Merrick with the hip injury. He was limited. And tackle Colton Miller dealing with the ankle injury. He was limited. Last thing the Raiders need is Colton Miller to go down with any kind of injury. Uh, guys who are full participants, there's only two of them. Center Andre James back from the concussion. And defensive tackle Neil Farrell. Uh, dealing with the shoulder injury, he was a full participant as well. The Broncos side of things, they had a pretty long laundry list of guys as well. Tyree Cleveland, the wide receiver, hamstring, did not participate. Uh, outside linebacker Jonathan Cooper, hamstring, did not participate. Outside linebacker Randy Gregory, knee, did not participate. Defensive tackle DJ Jones, concussion, did not participate. Cornerback Darius Phillips was with the Raiders in the summertime. Hamstring injury, did not participate. Guard Dalton Reisner, ankle injury, did not participate. That's an important one to pay attention to. And offensive lineman Billy Turner with a knee did not participate either. So those are a bunch of guys that did not participate. Some names bigger than others, like Randy Gregory, Dalton Reisner, Billy Turner. I think those are some pretty good names right there. Jonathan Cooper, also a pretty big name. How about the guys that were limited for the Denver Broncos? Uh, Baron Browning, linebacker with the knee injury. Running back Melvin Gordon with the neck injury. Safety P.J. Locke with the ankle injury. Guard center Qu Quinn Miners uh, with the hamstring. Outside linebacker Aaron Patrick with a shoulder. Uh, defensive lineman Mike Purcell with the neck injury. Safety Caden Stearns with a hip injury. And cornerback Kawan Williams with the wrist injury. All were limited on Wednesday. We'll get another injury report for both teams tomorrow, Friday as well, and then we'll find out 90 minutes before kickoff who's in, who's out. 419 is the time. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 424 is the time. My man Jordan in Oregon tweeted at us and said, that guy has some ears on the ground in there. Offensive line coach, hmm. I think he just slipped with something. He's talking about Aaron Wilson who joined us at 3.30 earlier this uh this afternoon to talk all things, his piece that he put out on Pro Football Network about the closed-door meeting, the players-only meeting that the Raiders had following the loss to the Tennessee Titans. And uh, Aaron Wilson's a guy that's been covering the league for a very long time. He's got some very good sources and uh, knows what he's talking about. He's not a guy that's just going to throw something against the wall and hope it sticks. He's not making up stuff. He's not a clickbait guy. There's no reason for that. He's Again, he's been doing it for far too long. And my man Fred W. tweeted at us, Aaron Wilson was a joke. He don't know what he's talking about. And my response in the most respectful way possible, that's what he's not, my man. He absolutely knows what he's talking about, what he's being told by people that know way more than me and you. So uh, shout-out to my man Fred. But uh, Aaron Wilson is one of those guys, just like John McClain. These guys know exactly what they're talking about. They know who they're talking to, and they're not just making up stuff just to, like I said, just for clickbait or hoping that something, you know, you can throw it out there and it sticks. That's just that's not who they are. And that's why we bring guys like that onto the show here on Red Nation Radio 920. Let's go out to NorCal, talk to our friend James. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Okay, good. Um, just a quick take on uh, I've been watching Derek Carr's whole career. I've been, I've go back to the Stabler days. So I've seen a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of successful quarterbacks on the Raiders. And what I, what I, what I find maddening is, 
Um, and what happens with Carr is that there's a reason why he has the most fourth quarter comebacks in the NFL since 2014, 2015. And that's because um, he's losing. <laughs> you know, once once <laughs> once once the score is close, once yeah. the score is close, we go into conservative mode. I call it Mar- Marty Schottenheimer with silver pants. Um, we instead of saying, "Okay, we got the score, we got the lead, let's light up the scoreboard, take the pressure off the defense," it happens all the time. You you can look at last week. I I, I feel as a fan, I feel like we lost that game at the end of the second quarter. I don't know if anyone's talked about that, but we had the ball with one minute. We had timeouts, and uh, we were down twenty-one to ten. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, with 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 a mindset of my, our, our defense is not stopping anybody. I I got to go score right now, or at least I got to keep the defense off the field. We we go three and out. We give the ball back to Tennessee, uh, and they score with twenty-one seconds left in the second quarter. We go down, and they get three points. We lost the game by two points. As a quarterback, you got to you got to tell yourself, I, I got to keep that. I got to do whatever I can to get at least a first down here. I can't I can't let them have another three points. You know, it happens time. Now compare that to what Mahomes did last weekend with the enemy. Twenty seconds left on the clock, and he's all in the enemy's face because he does not. They were down seven to ten. I think the score was. He he wants to score at least a field goal before halftime because he knows. He had the instinct of a winner that they had to score, and guess what? They lost by three points. Right. So I don't know what it is with Carr and his. You know, he's had a lot of OCs, a lot of head coaches. But once we again, I go back to why is he the king of the fourth quarter comebacks? You can ask the same question, a similar question: How many blowout wins does Carr have in his career? And the answer is probably zero to none. There's a reason for that. He instead of instead of you know I would say he gets he crawls into a shell, but he gets into this mode where I can't lose the game for us, I can't take risks, and it changes the way he sees the field. It changes the way if if it was a Brady or Mahomes, they're fearless when it comes to that. When we have a lead, uh, and in my mind with this squad we have, we should score forty two points a game. That's my mind, in my mind. I don't see why not. That's why Carr is awesome at the end of games, because he has no choice but to light it up. He needs to have that mentality throughout the game. And it's not all on him either, but a lot of times it is. All right, and before, before we let you go, James, I wanted to ask you, uh, and you kind of alluded to it at the end there, how much of kind of the conservative ball that you're talking about, how much of that do you think is on him, and how much do you think is on the coaches saying, hey, don't lose us the game? Well, I mean, okay. I, I think it changes it changes your mindset as a player on the field. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the game last week, when we, you know everyone knew we needed to score and have a two point conversion, mm-hmm. at that at that point in time, you're the quarterback. You already have both of those plays in your mind. Once you get to red zone, what you're going to do? Um, it it's always seems like when we need. I mean, I've seen car. I've seen car execute on that two point conversion in the past. It sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But a lot of times it's like, um, you know, I don't blame him for Waller dropping that ball either. But I, you know, he could he had, he had a lot of he had other options that were better. Um, so, but when we get the lead, when we get the lead, um, that's that's when we go conservative. That's when he, his decisions change. Gotcha. From, from let's light up the scoreboard to let's light up the scoreboard to 
um, let's 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 not let's not let's not play to lose here. Let's right. do whatever we can. I'm not going to take the loss. I'm going to take a sack before I, you know, scramble a little bit, buy some time, and, and and find that open receiver, which we will have that open receiver. You know, um, you know what's the other thing about Carr? Um, you know, it, you know, last week he finally decided to run when we needed when we needed that first down. You know, sometimes you got to run in this league. You have to. You 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 go through your progressions. If it's not there, you should have already in your mind that I got to take off. I don't care if two or three yards in slide, whatever it is. Right. But don't sit there and take the tack, especially when if you know every play is critical, and Carr knows that. But you know, it's easy to say after the fact. And you know, I'm a big Carr fan. I just, I just would like to see less conservative. He has all the skills, but when it comes down to critical, you know, critical thinking on the field, I, I'm, I'm often disappointed. And, and again, I think we have the squad to light up the scoreboard. I think that's what we got to do next week. Nice. I like it. Hey, great stuff, James. Thanks for the call, man. That was some real good stuff. Definitely appreciate the feedback on that and even the follow-up feedback. Uh, Really good stuff. Let's go out to Denver real quick. Obviously, there's a lot of conversation going on in Denver about this upcoming game coming up on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Let's talk to our guy, Raider Dave. Welcome to the show. Hey, nobody's talking to me this week. I'll tell you that right now. They don't want to say nothing to me because all I do is say, well, who did you beat and by how many points? I mean, this is taking a brer rabbit to the briar patch right now. This is going to be a bloodbath. And the Raiders are a rabid three-legged dog getting pushed back in a corner, man. This is going to be fun to watch. Look, uh, Aaron Wilson, love the dude, said some good stuff. But, man, his delivery, God, I'm going to have to save that for when I've got insomnia. Um <laughs> Sometimes he's a writer. He's a writer. I'm a talker. He's a writer. And, and, and you know, and I get that. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes Vinny, who's a writer, and you just got to take that with a grain of salt, man. I, I've been in radio 35 years. I got. I'm, I'm kind of biased, I guess. You know, you got to get on the radio, and you have to bring uh, something that's, you know, uh, theater of the mind. I mean, that's what it's all about. And some of these guys just sound like they're on the couch after a full bag of Doritos with a beer in their lap and the top button of their pants unbuttoned. So anyway. So that's the theater, right? I just put a picture in everybody's mind. So, hey, I wanted to talk to you. I called, and I was on hold last uh, Tuesday, I guess it was, yesterday when, when, uh, when Link was on. And God bless that guy, man. He is a professor for a reason. He ends up, you know, knowing everything about offense and, and displays a bunch of stuff on the Telestrator when he can on defense. And one of the questions was that I thought it would be great to ask him is, what is it about the coaches up in the booth and on the field seeing the same thing you and I are when the Raiders are on defense against a team that is a one-trick pony, and that's Derrick Henry, and you shut him down at 85 yards rushing, you should win the game, barring turnovers and all that. But when he gets loose through the line, and the linebackers have already backed off from their five yards they were at snap to 10 yards back, nobody's coming up to take and punch that guy when he's getting the ball. I mean, a lot of rules have changed. But you and I play football, and it's still the same. When you've got somebody who's turned their back to you, you go through them to the ball, and it dislodges the ball. You do that a couple of times, that dude's got ghosts of Atkinson and Tatum out there, and he don't want to do that no more. But there was just nobody coming up on him until after he caught the ball, and I just didn't understand it. Did you see it that way at all? Because he killed us in the in the uh in the, the not the really the screen game, just the outlet game, right? Of yeah, just in the passing the one, game, the one or two hole and catching right. a pass. Yeah, no, he did, and really, he only had what one catch, Demond, going into that game. I think on the season. 
Yeah, he only had one catch going into the game, and Patrick Graham was asked about it yesterday, and he said, hey, man, that's what makes coaching fun, that we have to adjust to it because that's something that you're watching the film. Josh McDaniels mentioned it as well. You yep. can only base your game plan off of what you've seen the team do. So if you see the first two games of the season, oh, they've only thrown it to them one time, and in the second and in the first half of the game, they start throwing to them. you got to make those adjustments, and the Raiders did in that second half You know, as they shut them out. But, hey, early to start the game, if they do something that you haven't seen on film before, it's up to the coaching staff to make that adjustment. Right, and they got to make that adjustment quick, fast, and in a hurry, and they didn't do that. They didn't do it to the second half, so that was a fail on their part. But good observation, Raider Dave. Definitely appreciate you, my man. And, uh, yeah, good stuff on, on the call in general. So uh, 4.34 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Devontae Adams was at the podium earlier today. We'll hear from him. Uh, we'll also take some more calls. We'll take some more texts. we got a lot to get to in a little bit amount of time. We're going to finish this day off strong. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got about 20 minutes left in today's show. Still got a lot to get to. Got some callers, got some texts. Sam and Ash text sign at 69187, keyword R&R. Of course, Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. Vegas Pete said, I hope you read this post. All these car critics have, they forgot how awful our defense has been. 30 points per game, bad. Also, nobody has brought this up. Graham's defense and soft zones suck. Where's his blitzes? Also, Stidham would be good at doing what Mariota did last year. He's got wheels. Let him run some wildcat. Mm. I don't know about that part, about Stidham and his wheels. I've, I've known Jared Stidham for a very long time going back to Stephenville High School, and he's mobile, but he's not mobile, right? I mean, if you, you get what I'm saying? Like, he's – he, he he can move around, but he ain't going to do a lot of moving around. He's also a guy that's dealt with a lot of injuries in his career. Uh, that's, I, I, don't, I don't look at him as a guy that you're going to get him out there and be fleet-footed. He just, he's not really that dude. Uh, he, he's, that's putting a little too much stock into what you saw in the preseason. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he, he did okay getting into the end zone, but that ain't something he's going to be doing very often. I, I'll tell you that, you know, so – uh, but I understand what you're saying. And Graham's defense, as far as the soft zones, kind of goes back to that conversation that we had with Aaron Wilson back at the uh, 3 o'clock hour when we were talking about it. And he brought up the fact that, you know, the corners aren't really the guys that, you know, he, he's Patrick Graham, that is, is looking at that can succeed in the, in the system that they're running. So they're going to continue to run some of those zones and, and that underneath so they don't get beat. You know, and DeMond, you brought it up as well uh, with what Deontay Lee had to say about, hey, don't expect to see a whole lot of press man to man, and man right now uh, until they can really get the scheme and get everyone in place that they want. I personally would love to see some more man-to-man coverage. I would love to see some press at the line of scrimmage just to throw the timing of these uh, pass, pass pl- plays out off for the opposing teams, but – uh, we're just not seeing that as of yet. And, and, of course, the defense has only put together a half a game a couple times, right? I mean, shut out the Cardinals in the first half and then gave them up 29 points in the second half, including overtime. And then gave up 24 points to the Titans in the first half and shut them out in the second half. I mean, put together four full, full quarters and, hell, you might be onto something. But they haven't been able to do that, and obviously the offense hasn't either. Devontae Adams is obviously a, a subject that we've had a lot of conversations about, a lot of people are talking about. Do they throw the ball to him too much? Have they not thrown it to him enough? Where's the targets? Where's the middle even? Well, he met with the media earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Here's that conversation. The last couple of weeks went back on the field, but just reading some of the old transcripts through training camp, talking to some guys, just the person that he is off the field, in the locker room, what he brings as far as his whole persona. I mean, it, it, Mac, he got one of the most infectious 
personalities that I've been around. I mean, I, I was talking to um, a couple of my other teammates about it, and I was like, I don't think I've been around somebody that talks so frequently, but it never gets annoying. You know what I mean? Like it's, he he know he know a way to to do it where he he's always he's the same guy every day, which is you know something that you gotta appreciate and, and the teammate and um, yeah that great energy is it's in the huddle it's and it's not always joking around you know sometimes it's sometimes it's serious not often but sometimes it's serious but he he's a he's a funny dude great personality and and you know he's gonna keep you up and if you mess something up he might get on you like kind of jokingly about it as a way to kind of soften the blow a little bit and, and um, just kind of address the elephant in the room. So, I mean, he's got a way with people and, and he's definitely a joy to have on the team. Well, I'll tell you, after the, the Titans game, you said that it's okay to be frustrated because you got to do something about it. What goes into that process of translating emotion into action? Well, first, the way you attack practice the next week, and I think everybody, um, I mean, this was this is one of our best practices as far as attention to detail. Um, you know, just everybody being locked in on, on every, every minuscule, um, you know, part of what we're doing on offense, defense, both sides of the ball. I mean, special teams, the, the kicking game, everything looked really sharp today. So when you come in and you, you're attentive and you, you acknowledge some of the things that you did um, <clears throat> negatively that, that impacted the game in a, in a bad way, um, you got to come back and make those changes. And I saw that, you know, that, that type of turn was made today. You're a basketball player, my fan of the NBA as well. When you take a big score, put them onto a team that has another big score, there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, for you coming here where there's other guys that have had big numbers, there's probably going to be an adjustment. And there, there's been some talk out there that maybe to uh, make sure that it balances out that Derek might be not throwing it to you purposely in order to make sure other people are involved. Do you sense any of that or is that just sort of speculation and you know, looking at a team that's 0-3 right now? Is is simply... An adjustment to to playing. I mean, for for lack of better words, with me. I mean, it's a different type of coverage you're gonna get. Nobody gets played like how I get played in the in the National Football League. So um, it's gonna be a lot different as far as because when you watch tape, you look at what teams do, and that's the whole purpose of watching tape is to see tendencies and and what everybody's doing. And then you know when you play against me, I mean, it's not gonna be a whole lot of times where they just are going gonna go one high man and just single up the corner. And I mean, in a perfect world, we would love that. I mean, that's what teams usually want to go to to be able to get to some of their exotics and the way that they like to blitz and all of that stuff. But it's going to be different because, you know, it's just in the past when that happens, you know, we, we've found a way to, to find the, the, the one-on-one matchup. So um, it's going to be a lot more cloud and, and double teams and different things like that with a lot more attention to me. And I think that, um, you know, we're, we're trying to find the best way to attack that and still be able to be productive in the past game as well, you know, myself and for everybody else too. So a little bit of an adjustment, but whatever everybody else is talking about has nothing to do with what's actually going on. How do you fight through that, knowing that that's what you're going to face time after time again, and maybe it's going to come at some expenses? Yeah, I mean, it's nothing new. It's been, it's been, I've been getting played like this for the past three, four years now. So, I mean, definitely over the past three, it's been all the same things. You just got to adjust. And like, like we talked about before, it's so early in the season where, you know, a lot of the adjustments that, people are making I mean it's it's just not as loud as this because nobody else has to deal with it the way we do you know and it was the same you know when I was on the Packers and then we had to find different ways and obviously we played professional ball together Aaron and I longer than what me and Derek have so you know we, we found times to you know and it kind of was a little bit more um, gradual than what this was you know we jumped straight into the fire had a few one-on-one opportunities in the in the first week and got 17 targets so now people are changing that up obviously and um, you know, we got to change some stuff up too. Like you said, you're no longer new to being double teamed. In the past, what's helped you stay effective? You get some extra help. 
Um, I mean, just just labbing up in-game adjustments, finding out what's the best routes to run, you know, best um, way to still be able to be a part of the game. And uh, the the good part is that I got a great group of guys that I work with, you know, from the, from the quarterbacks to, um, you know, to the coaches that are really open and receptive to the, the different type of things that, that I see. And they know that I've dealt with it for a while, so they know, you know, they'll, they'll trust my word on it. So just being able to adjust on the fly and, you know, because the way that the Titans play may not be the same thing that the Broncos are going to do. I'm sure it'll be some similar ways to try to, you know, take take me away. But, um, you know, the ways that they'll do it will be different. So the, the in-game adjustment will be different. You guys obviously have skill to be a really good red zone team. Hasn't translated yet. Reasons or how can that happen? It's just execution. Execution and, like I said, just just being able to adjust in game and find out what's the best way and best plays to get to, to, you know, give us the best, best chance at having success. On Sunday, you guys kind of got a couple of trick plays, including you getting a, a carry. Is that kind of something you want to put an emphasis on of just, it doesn't have to be as a pass catcher, not just getting the ball in my hands and people Yeah, I mean, however, however it can happen. I mean, it's on them to scheme that up. That's, that's the coach's job, but, you know, I'm going to do, you know, the best that I can with what I'm given and, I wouldn't call that a trick play in the, the the one in the game, and obviously it wasn't a successful play. But you know, the, there's different ways, and if, if we get that guy blocked, then now I'm on the corner, and it's a whole different story. So, um, yeah, it's, I'm I'm down to do whatever is going to be able to have us put the best uh, product together on film. Buttering the bread with good defense, mm-hmm. but the defensive-minded team does it make it maybe easier because? You're seeing everything up front, where it's maybe a complex team, you never know where they're going to attack. Here, you're just focusing on what they do on defense. If it's an offensive specialist, you prepare better for that. Um, I mean, sure, kind of. I mean, at the end of the day, when you have a really good defense like that, you got to, it's, not, it's never going to be easy. I mean, they got a lot of people that have played for a long time, and they got some guys that are impact players on their defense that haven't played very long, but have still came in and, um, you know, made a name for themselves. So, they, they really don't have a weakness on defense, which is something that helps them, even though we do know they're a defensive-minded team. Still got to go out there and try to make plays. So I wouldn't call it easier, but, um, I mean, it narrows our focus on offense down for sure. There's Devontae Adams right there meeting with the media, and it's always a little difficult to hear the questions being asked when they meet outside. But uh, you hear Devontae Adams, and uh, from all the conversation that we hear, from everyone talking about how frustrated and upset he is, I mean, he still has the right approach, has the right attitude, and is going to go out there and give it his all each and every game. And I don't expect any different than that coming up on Sunday versus the Denver Broncos. Let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Tim in Texas. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Tim? Hello, how you guys doing? Blessed. Um, I um, I still think the AFC West is going to probably take us to the very last game, but we'll win the AFC West. Um, I know we don't. I, I know the way that they playing defense. I know we don't have like no shutdown corner. Uh, even though Hobbs is playing real good whenever he's in there, it's hard not to have a. Uh, and they have to play zone for the most part because they don't have nobody that got that catch up speed. And I think that's what's kind of hindering us. And of course. We don't have – the pass rush is killing us. I'm tired of people talking about our offensive line. Our offensive line is no better than anybody else, and they ain't no worse than anybody else. That offensive line is playing just fine. All that PFL stuff, I don't even believe in that crap no more. But um, when it comes to Devontae Adams, what he needs to do is start telling Carter, throw him some of them back shoulder passes that uh, <laughs> that, that uh, Rodgers was giving him uh, whenever, whenever he getting double-teamed like that. 
All right, good stuff, good stuff. And, yeah, I'm sure they have plenty of communication amongst each other and probably talking about how uh, he likes the ball and where Derek can throw it. And, you know, like you heard him say, that him and Aaron played together as professionals for a very long time. Uh, Derek and him have played together as professionals for three games. So uh, they're still a work in progress, you know, and I do think that you're going to see some really good stuff from Devontae Adams. Again, he's a wide receiver that no matter what you do, double team him, triple team him, whatever the case may be, he's going to find a way to get open just like that touchdown pass he had in the end zone on Sunday against the Titans. I mean, that was well covered. He just made a better play because he's just a better player, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just that's the reality of it. And so sometimes, as I think a lot of people have uh, alluded to here on the show, Sometimes you just got to feed him the ball and just trust that your guy's going to be better than the guy that's, uh, you know, defending him. Let's go out to the phone lines again talk to our friend Raider Mac. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, fellas, man? I, I love y'all show, man. The show is great, man. It really is. I mean, it's, it's something we never had before in Raider Nation, and it, it, it's just great. I'm just so happy to listen to y'all every day. Hey, quick question, Q. Um, Q, um, I know you had talked to uh, – to uh, Ryan Clark, yeah, uh, you had a while ago, and did you remember when he told you that when they went out for the, the pivot went out to the Raider practice, he said the players didn't seem real happy. Did you catch that, or yeah. was I wrong on that? No, no, he said that he thought Josh McDaniels was too uptight and the and it wasn't the fun. Practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, okay. So, and back, I, I, I just see. That similarity that the players are not getting, you know, when Gruden first got there, that's that was part of it too. But with Derek Carr, I mean, half the nation loves him, the other half don't like him, and this and that. At the end of the day, the offensive line and everybody just has to to play better. The offensive line, actually, I I, I agree with the, the the other caller before me. He he said the, the offensive line played well. I wouldn't watch the game. I watch. Sometimes you got to go back and watch the game because you really miss a lot of stuff when you're watching it live. And I went back and watched that game. The offensive line played well. They really did. I mean, we had enough time to throw the ball down the field. I mean, they was there was holes for um, for um, Jacobs, and we didn't we didn't use the holes. We didn't run the ball enough. Uh, also, Devontae Adams. I, I'm kind of upset at Devontae Adams right now. You know why? Nope. Because. He's going. He's going around on ESPN and all these other and saying he's not happy. He didn't expect this. Keep everything in house. Stop telling everybody in the world. Okay, we know we don't. We're not supposed. We shouldn't be. Oh, we. Uh, we don't want to be zero and three. But but why is you? Why are you going out there telling everybody? Oh, you unhappy. You you kind of disappointed. Of course you do. Everybody on that team is disappointed. But to me, just keep everything in house. And and just I mean because you know ESPN ripped uh, Derek Carr today or the it was the, yesterday Dan Kalowski yeah, and, 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 and yeah yeah they quick, were quick question Derek for Carr. you hold on real quick question I I missed it when did Devontae Adams go on ESPN and say he wasn't happy no he he, he made a comment in y'all in the locker room oh okay gotcha with you guys that's where he got gotcha. from okay I got gotcha. you they, they 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 put everything together. Um, and that's when they started ripping with Derek Carr, throw him the ball. Throw, I mean, you can't force yeah, the I ball. Yeah, and, and that's what it is. Hey, Q, and I'll let you guys go on this one. Hey, the the key to let's move on to the next game. Even if we even if we won, we still got to move on to the next game. I know people yep. don't like that, but we got to move on to the next game. What's the key for the for the Denver game? You think? I, I just want to hear your opinion. 
Yeah, thanks for the call, my man. I appreciate you. I think it's going to go back to the protection. I really do because Denver has a really good pass rush between Gregory and Chubb. Uh, they also have a really good defensive back in Patrick Sertain. So I think he's going to have a lot of attention when it comes to – or Devontae Adams is going to have a lot of attention when it comes to Pat Sertain. But I also think that they don't have an answer for Darren Waller. This could be, and I don't want to predict it. We'll talk about keys to the games and everything. I think that this could be a big game for, for one Darren Waller. Because I don't know who the who who's gonna slow him down. I don't know if Hunter Renfro is gonna come back or not, but uh, I don't know who's gonna slow down Darren Waller. And then you have Matt Collins, who's obviously showing out. And if they have attention on Devontae, they're trying to shade over Darren. Maybe Matt Collins has another big game. But I think you got to protect Derek Carr really well. Obviously, not turn the ball over. But those two guys coming off screaming off the edge are gonna be a big deal. I asked Joshua Daniels earlier today if with those those pass rushers. Do they need to focus a little bit more on the run game? And he said he wants to stay balanced. But I think that that's another area that helped kind of slow down those pass rushers, similar to what Lincoln Kennedy said week one against the Chargers. You know, use the run game to slow down the the edge rushers from just screaming off the edge and trying to get to the quarterback. So we'll get into more of that coming up later in the week starting tomorrow. Uh, we got a lot to get to in a little bit amount of time. Obviously, the next two days as we close out the week really strong. We appreciate all the feedback. We'll have a fantastic show locked and loaded for you tomorrow. Thank you so much for all the feedback. Appreciate y'all. We'll talk. It's Radio 920.